Hello, and welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Manning, coming to you from the beautiful trails in Ogden, Utah, but connecting you to wherever trail, ultra, and mountain running takes us. We'll bring trail running to life with amazing athletes, discuss the latest topics, epic journeys, and get you stoked for your next trail adventure. We're sharing the moments that make life special, because even a rough day on the trail beats a good day indoors, and nothing beats time spent with good friends and great stories. Catch us here weekly for your dose of dirt, hurt, and good vibes. So now, it's time to top off your water, grab some cheese curds, and join us for this week's podcast, where we take you deep into the heart of our sport. It's go time. Hello and welcome to episode number 323 of the Trail Manners Podcast. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. And don't forget to subscribe, review, and rate us on iTunes. If you're so inclined, Trail Manners would really appreciate any donations via our website at trailmanners.com. And please remember to share us with your friends. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Trail Manners Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Manning. This is episode number 323. We're just going to call this one The Bear. Just The Bear. Just like maybe The Bear 100, but I think we'll just stick with The Bear. Launch date, 112823. If you hadn't listened to our previous episode, that was our first segment of Runcation that we're going to dive into. And as I mentioned, we'll be uh, next one will be in Bellingham, Washington. But your next episodes after The Bear... We've got our Christmas gift guides coming up. We got two shows, some super special guests, so stay tuned for that. And I want to give a quick shout out to Scott from Michigan. Thanks for uh, buying some Trail Manor swag. That was surprising, and I appreciate that. It's on its way. Hope you get it soon, and I'd love to see some pics. So, all right. So, with this episode, there's going to be a question about midway through the show. So, stay tuned and stay focused because we will have a contest with a giveaway if you can post the correct answer. Now I know if one person gets it right, the rest of you should if you're paying attention, but you could also have somebody try and throw you for a loop and give the wrong answer to trick you. So pay attention, that's later in the show. But let's get to our guests. We have two guests in the studio today. Um, I'll welcome them in. We've got uh, first time to the show, we got Cody Draper, the race director of the Bear 100. Cody, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks good for to joining be us. Yeah, first time on the show. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah, a pretty sweet setup here. Thanks. Appreciate that. And then we've got a returning guest. He's been here before. He's done this thing. He's made the rounds. Um, the right-hand man of the Bear 100. We've got Preston Wood. Happy to be here. All right. The studio's looking great. You're looking great. Thanks. Everything about this is great. Man. And that's the end of the show. We're going to leave on a high note, so we'll finish there. But no, we got the the Bear 100. Uh, that's the whole focus of this show. We got some great questions, some fun time, and it's coming up. So the date this year is the 27th and 28th of September, I guess in 2024, not this year. We've already done that. Um, but it's a point-to-point race here in Utah, ends in Idaho, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. Kind of threw me for a loop a little bit here. Um, there are qualifications to run the bear. You can't just sign up off the couch and pull a Dean Carnassus. Um, so what are the qualifications to run the bear? What do you got to do in order to run the bear besides register? Well, you need to have run either a hundred miler before. Uh, if not, then you can run a 50 miler, hundred K kind of just prove that you know how to fuel, how to get yourself from one point to the other. And uh, it's not too hard. There's no time. Well, there's just kind of show that you, you're you not a total noob, and it'll be okay. You'll, you'll survive. Yeah. Less stress for the, the race directing crew and people that know you can yeah. potentially help yourself out. The Bears pretty popular for first-time 100-milers, though. Uh, there's quite a few that it is their first. And so we get a lot of questions about people that are uh, trying to do their uh, qualification race and gotcha. get ready and, and get to the start line. So 
Yeah, we love first timers. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have to be an expert to run the bear, uh, but uh, yeah, they, you do need to run a fifty mile or hundred k. But yeah. there's but there's a lot of return runners though because of how amazing this race is. Lots, yeah. And I I just wanted to back up. We were actually talking about first timers because it was my first uh, hundred mile race that I did um, way back in 2017. And uh, going back to that qualification standard, I was under the impression that Leland actually checked um, that, that qualification <laughs> standard because it's been. And for those that don't know, Leland was the previous race director of the Bear 100. Um, him and his his team. But uh, so I jumped into the Pony Express 50 miler because that's just like the bear. It's pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and shout out Davy Crockett, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we actually check it, and you don't have to have run it before you sign up. You can, uh, you can run the the qualification race anytime before race day. So that's just something to clarify. And yes, we do get a lot of return runners. That's why I just kept going back until Cody let me start to help. And. And you told him that, so he listened, right? You didn't ask him. You just told him. Just told him. Okay. I made him. You made him, forced him. <laughs> um, and the bear is a Western and Hard Rock qualifier as well. So you finish the bear, you've got your qualifiers to those two coveted races, and your chances of getting in are super good. All it takes is one ticket. Yeah. You know, my one ticket in 2017 at the Bear led to Western States in 2018. Stop rubbing that in, please. I know. There's people out there listening. They're like, hey, if you don't have Preston back, that's totally cool. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you guys just wrapped up the 25th year. Um, That's pretty freaking cool, to be honest with you. That's like a, a, a solid year with a men's course record. Yeah, that was impressive. That's crazy. I I was there. My wife was running the bear, and I remember uh, when someone said, "Oh yeah, the first person just came across." I'm like, "It just barely got dark." <laughs> yeah, he finished on Friday. <laughs> yeah. So Zachary Garner, 23 years young, 17 hours and 11 minutes, and the previous record was in 2012, um, 17:50. So that stood for my math is right, like 11 years. So. That's pretty stout. The women's course record by Casey Lichtig is twenty twenty seven in twenty sixteen. So that's a stout one. Right? It's pretty stout. That was actually the Snow Bear year, oh my and so gosh. that was the out and back okay. to Tony Grove. That's right. Uh, that's right. So that's sort of with an asterisk there. Yeah, and it's that wasn't easy either way, right? No, I mean, with that snow, I remember horrible that, that conditions. Bear. That was horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, registration. This show's launching on the twenty eighth, as I mentioned, of November, which is a Tuesday. Registration for the bear opens December 1st, and to clarify, that is going to be on a Friday. A little bit of a curveball on the date, but really December 1st, there's a lot of races that open up on on that type of thing. And I liked your, you said the, the Hard Rock and Western, the, the lotteries are Saturday the 2nd. So you open yeah. just before, and then you'll get maybe a mad rush. Yep, that's typically what we see is uh, right after those lotteries, there's a lot of people going, okay, plan B, I didn't get in, my dream race, what can I do to go qualify for next year and go have a good time doing so? And that's that's the bear. Well, and to be honest, I mean, just because the name's Hard Rock and Western, obviously, the history, but the bear, man, that's like, it's not really, like, it could be your plan B, but it's still an A race. We're a little biased, but yeah, it's oh, a pretty good plan B. It's a, it's pretty solid. Yeah, we we honestly feel like it's one of the premier mountain races in, in the entire country. Um, obviously, we're biased, Cody especially, living in Cache Valley. Uh, but our goal is to make it one of the premier events, but keep our low-key vibe um, that, that's been established for years. You know, we want people to feel like they're taken care of, but they're, they're getting a bit of an old-school experience um, without all the corporate... Um, involvement not that that's bad but we just have a certain vibe that we're going for Uh, which i think is super cool because like i said i was up there and you know one of my favorite things about the bear because i've i've crewed and paced it so many times is how easy it is oh my gosh like i've yeah yeah, i've i've uh you know hung out and kind of crewed at western oh that was the longest 17 days of my life it felt like that's a tough yeah that's tough but i mean you're driving forever hoping you get there before your runner runs there yeah and then you're taking shuttles here and it's it's a it's a it's a challenge and then you look at hard rock i mean some of those places aren't even fun to get to so i love the fact that the bear is easier to crew easier to pay so again you talk about that old school feel but you can kind of if you want you can kind of have your whole tribe show up and support you whether it's just to see you at an aid station and go home it's not 
you know, at the end of the world. But I will say, and I'm going off script here a little bit, when I went, I believe it was Tony's Grove Aid Station, um, just waiting for my runner, saw a lot of good people, they had French fries. Yeah. What is up with that? I was watching, and, and cup, like little cups of fries. How about making it easier they for me? They know how to take care of people. Oh, my god! We love that aid. That was unreal. Like, I saw a few people I know, but they had... Like the full menu, they had other stuff too, but I couldn't, I couldn't get past the French fries because that was so cool. Yeah, our captain there, Tony, she's incredible. Um, her and her family do an incredible job. Kind of fun that her name's Tony and it's at Tony Grove. Kind of ironic. It's we just named it after her, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. But last year, as I mentioned, registration you filled in two and a half days. Do you think same this year? Do you think a little sooner, or do you think that big influx will come after Western Hard Rock? I think it'll fill right after the whole lottery. Uh, so, yeah, be watching close. If you want to be for sure in on that Saturday, uh, better be signed up by, by Saturday if you want to get in. And it gives you plenty of time to train. Yep, plenty. Like a couple months. And then something else important to touch on is in previous years, our wait list would clear completely. So it was kind of this idea that, oh, well, I'll just get on the bare wait list and then I'll get I'll get the chance to run if I want to. Yeah. And, you know, this was the first year where we uh, didn't clear the whole wait list and we had to turn some people away. Um, and that's never fun uh, as a race director. But we just want to put that out there that it will move. There will be several people that get a chance over 100 probably that will get a chance to come off the wait list but i wouldn't bank on it if you really want to run the race and didn't this year you have like the opportunity to register that morning if you're on the not register if you're on the wait list you'd get in that morning people didn't check in it was the night before yeah we we shut it down at the race check-in thursday afternoon okay Um, but we had people sitting there uh hoping to get in and it's heartbreaking to to turn them away they were all dressed and ready to go they would have started right then if i'd have let them and i talked to one of those people at one of the aid stations and um that individual was able to at least do a lot of pacing yeah so yeah yeah yeah. it's it is heartbreaking though it's hard to turn people away i couldn't imagine so all right so when we mentioned leland old i mean you talk old school i mean that's just to a t um you know the 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 stories and the history of that of him you know just running out ahead of everybody and throwing flags down on the course and people getting lost what were those called cody leland poops (laughs) leland poops yep because he would rip off yeah sections of ribbon and just drop them on the trail (laughs) so if you saw little pieces of garbage strewn about the course that was you knew you're on track yeah and especially because the wind never blows it stays right there well he didn't want to stop and tie it because he would lose time he was also racing so his time was legit he just started an hour ahead of everybody and his (laughs) his game was see how many people he can stay in front of that's so funny and hopefully he makes it till dark before the the leader passes him but it was it was pretty funny and i know that changed over the course of time but it it seems like you guys probably have it dialed in a little bit more uh than that yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, we have a great marking team uh they did a wonderful job this year and and uh previous years as well so so when when did you take it over from leland you remember Uh, this was the second year where i've been in charge Uh, i've been helping though for quite some time uh Back in 2006 was the first wow. year that I helped in some way. And actually, as I just met Leland, and we drove up into the mountains and marked a section. He just dropped us off and said, run down this road and mark until you see me again. <laughs> and I had no idea what we were doing, and I was with a friend of mine, and it was it was an awesome adventure. It was so much fun, and, and we helped him in different ways ever since. That's awesome. Yeah, my my one good Leland story is he came to the Ogden area. This was a long time ago. Like, I was barely getting into trail running, and there was a group. I was very fortunate to uh, be able to run with this group at the time, and it was a night run. And it was one of my first real night runs. And we started at uh, 12th Street, and Leland shows up. And I'd never met him, didn't know who he was, but he had, like, baggy sweats on. He had a, a windbreaker jacket that it was probably like seven or eight different colors. Um, I thought he was break dancing, to be honest with you, when he showed up. <laughs> I mean, he's got some swag. He he did. And then we took off. And uh, next thing you know, we stop. And everybody stops for a minute. And he had a peanut butter and honey or peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And he hid it in a tree so he could get it on the way back. <laughs> oh, oh, smart. And, and I'm like, oh. I'm, so I'm new to this game. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, 
I love trail running. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> you know, so that was my first Leland experience I will honestly never, ever forget. So is, is Leland still involved with the race then too? Uh, not or? so much. He's yeah. he's enjoying playing tennis. Yeah, He's taking up that hobby, and he's a semi-pro uh, tennis player. He's, he's really good. Well, that's the thing. So Leland probably can't do anything just like recreationally. No. He's got to like gets in. in. So if he finds the pickleball world, we're in trouble. Probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Cody ran into him on Thanksgiving, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just ran into him out on the trail and, and had a quick chat. But he was telling me about uh, he ran a 5K in a, on a trail race and placed in his age group for some national level. Oh, my God. Just a week or two ago. I need to look up and figure out what race that was. But uh, he's still killing it with just tennis fitness. Man, I wish I could do that. There's a lot of great Leland stories out there. Oh, there are. There sure are. I just that's the one that always sticks in my craw. But yeah, Leland Leland's uh, he's a riot. Okay, so had a had a question that someone asked me to ask. And this is a solid question, so I appreciate that. I call it a call-in question. So you've both crewed and paced and run hundreds, right? Yep. How do you prepare to be on point for that long as a race director? Like what's different about it? Because it is. I mean, I've done some race directing, not at this level, right? But It's so much harder than yeah. in the race. I am just wrecked for weeks afterward. It is so hard. The stress levels through the roof. Uh, there's usually stuff's going pretty well, but there's always stuff that, that kicks up little wrinkles along the way that uh, you're a little worried about. And just, I don't know, you just think of all the things that could go wrong and and suddenly you have to try to account for that. So I'm laying in bed thinking of all the checklist of things that I need to remember to do or, or haven't done, and it's just nonstop. I, I think about it all year long. My, my poor family, they get tired of talking <laughs> about the bear. If I say the bear one more time at home, they're going to kill me. <laughs> and so it's, it's just always on. But, I mean, there's, like, lead-up, obviously. I mean, you got registration opening. Yep. That kind of takes care of itself online. And then you're kind of just preparing year round but just different levels right yeah i'm I'm, I'm trying to buy gear uh, off season different things like that so that i can not be uh stressed in the last month when everything Hits. goes to execution yeah so i'm doing stuff all year and there's a ton of just questions and and helping people as as they're working through their their first hundred or their first big trail run and and they want some guidance and so they're always reaching out to the race director and, and trying to get some tips and ideas so there's there's always work to do. Speaking of the gear, Cody's garage is a modern marvel of construction. Yeah. The amount of shelves and places to put things, we have so much stuff in his garage. It would be people would be amazed at what he's able to fit. I have really fit. tall oh, ceilings. All and his, so his cars all fit. Yeah. yeah. It's nice three car garage that's just, you know, 15 foot ceilings and so i can go floor to ceiling shelves it's pretty incredible it's, it's pretty sweet well, i'm gonna have to take a picture my, my neighbors picture are so that. confused i have coolers and water jugs coming out of my eyeballs and they're just like what are you doing what does this guy do for a yeah. living and then <laughs> it goes hobby? it gets a little chaotic right at race week as as the aid stations come by and pick up their stuff and there's food everywhere and just hundreds and hundreds of cans of two liters of coke and Sprite and Mountain Dew. Yeah. Shopping with me is hilarious. A Costco, yeah. Yep. <laughs> just carts of carts just of junk food. It's like, these guys are runners? What's going on? <laughs> they got all this good yummy It's stuff. so fun to buy food for the bear. Well, and you mentioned a little bit, too, like preparing for it. with. So here, here's a question that maybe um, some people would want to hear, right? Instead of emailing you in question, what would you both look at as good? I've never run 100 I want to run the bear. What's a good race for me to run before that? What would you What would you both recommend to some races that will just kind of help the first-time Bear 100 runner be more prepared? My favorite recommendation is the White Pine 50, which is up in the same area. It starts and finishes at Beaver Mountain. And you run about uh, 15, 20 miles of the bear course during that 50-miler. And it's all in the same area. So you get to experience the trails without the full point-to-point. -point. This is a sweet loop that goes through the mountains. And so you see adjacent areas that you wouldn't see during the bear, but you get enough of the taste of the bear that you're like, okay, I think I have a pretty good sense of what's going on. And that's in August. Uh, so it's a, a month or, or two ahead of the bear 
Uh, and so you have plenty of time to recover from that 50 miler. Yeah. And I, just to add on with white pine, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you get to see some parts of the bear that maybe people don't get to see during the daytime. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, you know, the prettiest part of the bear 100 course, you essentially run during the day during white pine. Um, and so you get to see some things that you wouldn't normally get to see, uh, piggybacking off that my recommendation is always the newly renamed snowy peaks 50 um previously oh, yeah. um a different name you can say yeah this squat peak 50 <laughs> i just don't want to offend anybody well it's um, what it was called yeah, it's we what can't it was called. change the name of it um i think that's a good barometer you know early season race it's in june in utah county old 50 mile loop john bozung's been the race director forever down there and it's pretty bare bones, but I think it's a good tester. Um, it, it gave me a lot of confidence as my first mountain 50 that I had run before the Bear 100. Um, so that's that's the one that, that I would always say. So between those two, the two good local options. But really, I, I would say just try to find something that has, you know, eight to 10,000 feet of vertical gain and a 50 miler. And you'd probably, it'd be pretty comparable. Well, the Bear's got, what, 22 and change, right? Invert overall. Yeah. Um, and you're still... I think what uh, you're right around averaging 7,300 feet average, max is 9,000, minimums almost five. So it's a good, I mean, you'd like to say it's a you're cruising at that point. It's no Leadville where you're just yeah. hovering. It's, it's not <laughs> high elevation, but it's not uh, easy either, yeah. right? It's kind of that mid-elevation level where uh, the back half of the bear is actually deceivingly difficult because mm -hmm. it's sustained at you know 6,000 to 8,000 yeah. feet the whole time. And you don't get to have those breaks of running down at uh, you know the lower elevation to kind of catch your breath. And most of the most of the climbing is is uh, rumored to be at the front half of the bear too. Like yeah. Most of the climb, right? Yep. At this, by the back half by Tony time. Grove, mile fifty-two ish, you have covered uh, two thirds of the climbing. Wow, that's kind of good to hear for your quads yeah sometimes. yeah or is it when the downhill right yeah if you can get to tony grove with your quads intact you're probably gonna have a pretty good day if your stomach and everything is is holding as well because there's a lot of running to be had after tony grove if you can if you can yeah. for sure yeah if you can well it's funny you say white pine so me and my wife were registered for white pine last sweet year. last year oh last year yeah but we took on our own event the same and it happened to be the same day so we couldn't run it and so <laughs> i'm anxiously waiting for registry like registration to open for white pine um i got the date i sent a message to the race director i'm like hey i don't want to miss it this year i definitely want to do this for that reason but it's also you can fish yep. uh, while you're running the race tenkara style uh, but the, uh, there's no info on when registration opens so it's kind of got me angsty well, I'm friends with Jason, the okay. race director, so I'll, I'll get an inside scoop yeah, for you. Because it's making me anxious. Yeah. I don't know why, but there's another race that exact date I want to run to. So I'm like, if it's not going to go down, I need to know now. Yeah. I think part of it is Beaver Mountain's under construction right now. Yeah. And they're building a new lodge, and it's kind of just torn everything apart there. Yeah. And so they're kind of just working through some of those logistics gotcha. as they're hosting the finish, start and finish line there. So it's a little bit tricky. Yeah. I, I reached out to him a few months ago about the date, and he gave that to me, which I appreciated. But yeah, I keep like clicking ultra sign up. I'm looking. I'm looking. It's not there. Where is it? Where is it? The good so. thing is, is I don't think that'll sell out. You know, yeah, um, yeah. it's I getting just, more popular for sure, but yeah. not quite. To he has a wait list, and it's uh, he he did clear it this year though. So nice. yeah. yeah, that's good. So he did sell out. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. How many permits does he have then? I think it's only a hundred runners. Okay, that wow. makes sense. I that's wasn't awesome. aware. That's a great number for a it's, race. It's just right. It's yeah. really fun. I I host a aid station every year with my wife and kids for that race, and and just go and have fun, and it's uh, it's a blast to watch the runners on that one. So here's here's uh, I'm gonna here's the trivia question. So listen, everybody, if you're still listening to the podcast, here's the you need to know this answer, and then you post it in the comments, whether wherever I'll see them all, and I'll put you in a drawing. I want to know what the cap is for the Bear 100. The number. What's the cap? You want me to say it out loud? You have to, or no one will know the well, answer. Well, it's it's a secret. No, it's not a secret. Okay, good. Because I was say, oh, new question. <laughs> <laughs> what color's Preston's hat? <laughs> it is. The cap is three hundred and fifty runners. Okay, that's what I, and that's pretty. That's how it's been, right? Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this last year, uh, we had a, a, we bumped above the three hundred and fifty for a lot of it right up at the end, just to try to get as many people into the race as possible. Because you always have a few that drop out as yeah. they're sick or, or otherwise unable to join us, 
And so, uh, yeah, but our permit's for 350. Okay, perfect. That's good to know. So what's the planning and organizing look like for a hundred miler of this magnitude? Because obviously there's a lot of pieces. And I think as a runner, as a crew, as a pacer, as a bystander, sometimes you just don't think of little nuances. So without going through like step by step, what's it like? I mean, we talk about you know, open registration and you buy things in the off season, but what's the planning and organization like? We have a great team and that helps a lot. And so we do a good job of delegating tasks out. Um, but uh, essentially it's spreadsheets after spreadsheets. I'm a spreadsheet nut, so oh, it works out. This is Cody's biggest strength. He's a great leader and he's a great delegator and he keeps getting better at it. But his organization skills are top notch. I honestly, I've told him this, there's no way that I could run the bear as tight and as well as he does because of his organization skills. So, yeah, it's just lots and lots of spreadsheets. Uh, we do have a, a couple meetings throughout the year, uh, but not too many just because we can stay connected. Uh, a lot of my top crew, uh, you know, the team that we have, we're all runners. So we get together and go run together, oh, that's great. have some fun on the trails, talk about stuff. So it seems I'm always talking about the bear. Hey, we should do this. What about this? And, <laughs> and I get to go... Uh, yeah, just brainstorm with the team out on the trails. That makes it nice, I guess, too, on the level where, I mean, there is a difference. I mean, being a, a runner in these events, looking at it from the runner's perspective, and but also getting a great view of when you're not a runner, right, behind the scenes, if you will. So then you kind of get that double dose of it, which is, I think, probably very helpful, right, yeah. having people that have experienced it before and can maybe make minor tweaks. It is, and I, I want to just kind of interject a quick story kind of that shows the organization level that we have from this year. I think people might enjoy it. Um, something that Cody and I were talking about, we were workshopping some ideas on our run this morning, but, uh, you know, little things that you don't think of you know, as a runner, um, that you don't think are important. For example, um, having a good sweeper team that's, mm -hmm. that's c prepared and ready to go, uh, when things happen, um, this year at the bear, you know, we were talking about how, well, does it go smooth? The stresses of being a race director, like, so Cody and I were at the finish line. It was about 1.30-ish in the morning. And we're just kind of the first few runners have come through. We probably had six or seven. And all of a sudden, we notice on our inReach that is with our sweeps that they had sent um, a stress signal. Not an all-out SOS, um, but there was something going on. And so immediately, we went into action with our plan. So our sweeps were messaging Cody um, through the Garmin inReach. And me and Steve, who's on our committee, um, took off. And this is the, the best part of the story, in my opinion, is Steve's trying to change into running clothes because he's going to go run to where they're at to see what's going on because they don't have a radio. Um, they just have the in-reach. And I'm driving 90 miles an hour in Logan Canyon. Steve said, I hope we don't get pulled over. And I said, I hope we do because then we might get some help. Um, you know, to get if, if search and rescue needs to come. Um, they'll at least, you know, be aware of what's going on. Our radio team starts radioing and they advise search and rescue. Our whole operation worked perfectly. We get into to Tony Grove because the runner was, was reportedly stopped by White Pine Lake, which uh -huh. is about two and a half miles, um, outside of the Tony Grove aid station. And, you know, so we run Steven in there. He was in way better shape than me. He gets to him super quick. We follow along me and Michelle, who is our volunteer coordinator and also an RN, um, and Steve gets there, they start reporting out to search and rescue the runner who was an experienced ultra runner. He's run the bear almost every year, something like 16 times. Yeah. Wow. Um, he had fallen and hit his head and had a concussion and a big gash on his head. And our sweep team did exactly what they were supposed to. They had fire starting gear. They, they started a fire. They got him sitting down, relaxed, and we were able to, to get him out of there safely. Um, those are the the types of organization things that that we put in place that hopefully we never have to use. Yeah. Hopefully it never happens. But I just wanted to emphasize like those are the things as a runner you don't always think about. Yeah. And we're there. We want everybody to be safe. We want everybody to to achieve their goal if they can. And you know I, it was pretty cool this year to watch our team uh, execute so well. And and Nicole who um, was our course marking and sweep coordinator. You know she she was very clear with instructions with them. And so our, our sweeps did an excellent job. That's, that's always good with, cause like that is something you don't think about. And as a race director being part of the race, it's something you hope you don't have to 
deal with. Right? It's, it's one of the biggest stresses, just the medical piece of it. You yeah. know, you don't want anybody seriously injured or, or yeah, any, any type of major catastrophic catastrophic event happen to occur on the trail so well as a runner you don't think about it either right you don't think something's going to happen to me out there right one of those things but when it does it's a peace of mind knowing that there's a plan in place right and that's it's a lot of races have done that but i know that really kicked into high gear a couple years ago when more and more races were starting to think through more of an evacuation process more of like worst case scenario emergency process and a lot already had those i'm sure but i think it was one of those things where people like we better have this. And the other thing I noticed too is a lot of the permitting organizations, the Forest Service and things like that, start, heard wind of a certain event and they were like, we're going to probably dial in a little tighter to make sure you're ready if something happens, right? Yeah. Well, there was a situation at Wasatch and gosh, was it 2017 where a lady had a cardiac event yep. at the top of Bear Canyon and yep. the sweepers saved her life, yeah. did CPR. And so, I mean, those are the things that when a system works, I mean, I was super proud of our team, how the system in place worked. And how, how important are the volunteers at an event like this? Because it really is. You always say, make sure you thank your volunteers. But, I mean, and I try to do that on every race. It's but. so understated to say it wouldn't happen without them. Yeah. It's, I don't know how else to express it. It's, it's amazing. And that's really all we're doing is coordinating all of that because it's, it takes an army. I mean, there's over 200 volunteers that's in different nice. ways. Wow. There's aid station volunteers. There's a huge radio crew that are spending uh, uh, lots crews. of effort. Yep. <laughs> They're the best. I got a few messages <laughs> from them today talking about ideas for next year, and they want to have a call and, and talk to me about some of these ideas, and, and I love it. It's it's way in the off season, but they're already working on next year's plan, and so uh, they're they're amazing. Well, it's, it's again, you know, I've, I've never... I've one year attempted to run the bear that I got in, and it was two weeks after I finished Wasatch, and I made it to mile 40, and I just didn't want to be there. It wasn't I was hurt. Wasn't, I was just like, just kind of don't want to be here today. Um, but you see a lot when you're crewing and pacing, and um, unreal at the level. And the I think the fun part for me, and this happens at other races too, but I see it more at the bear, and I've been there a lot too, but the excitement and the ownership the volunteers have. Like they take a lot of pride in being a volunteer at the bear. It's not just a volunteer. Hey, I'm going to do some time. My buddy asked me to come help him. It was like they were the bear, right? Exactly. We have people that have been volunteering for, for almost all 25 years. Yeah. And it's impressive. It is. I mean, they take, like you mentioned, it's kind of like they take it to the next level because it's like, I don't know. It's just really cool to see on the other side when you just watch how they work together. And I know probably as the race director and part of that, it's like you have your volunteer crew, say it's Tony Grove, and it's like, okay, I've got 100% confidence. I don't have to worry about Tony Grove, right? And I don't have to worry about this one. They're they're dialing in, so now I can focus on some of the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. You can focus on the runners and not have to worry about the the volunteers because they they know what they're doing. Yeah. So being a part of the bear for so long, um, I didn't realize you were a part of it for so long. So that's kind of nice as well. But being a runner as well and and running all these different types of events, have you made any changes kind of based off your experience too as like runners? Like, hey, this would be a fun idea. I saw this at this race or, you know, maybe, you know, we could do this a little different than it has been done in the past. Or, I mean, have you made some of those types of changes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've done a lot with course marking, uh, just from what I've seen out in, you know, we talked earlier about Leland poops and kind of the extent of that. Uh, and, and now it's into full reflectors and, and night, uh, visibility. That's a, a critical piece. Yeah. This, this year we implemented a, a critical junction ahead sign as, uh, you know, certain places on the course are notorious for people missing a turn yeah. as you're just zoning out and cruising along and you're going from a obvious road or trail onto a lesser busy trail, and it's it's tricky to catch that. And if you're you miss it, it's a it's a big deal. And so we implemented little things like that that uh, you pick up from other races. And that's one that I stole from Tushers as I ran that and saw that idea. They have multiple distances all sharing the same course, and so they use that same idea of hey, critical junction ahead, so that you could pay attention to going on the right direction for your distance. And we did the same thing, and and I had so many comments about how that was beneficial. I would say the biggest one that I've seen that that Cody has instituted is the finish line changes. Mm -hmm. Cody does his best, and I think this year and last year he achieved 
it, he shook everybody's hand as they finished. He gave everybody the buckle. I think that's pretty unique and cool. Um, you know, I know lots of races do it now, but, you know, I remember finishing the bear and, you know, the radio team is who gave me my, bu- well, they didn't even give buckles. They were just there to shake your hand as you finished. And it's a little anticlimactic. Also, we got a new finish line shoot this year. Our finish line was a new location this year that we hope to be able to continue with. It's right at the beach. Um, it was pretty awesome. Uh, so if you want to come see the new finish line, I think we're going to keep it as long as possible. But yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's something that, you know, just little things to, to make it feel like a big deal. Cause it's a big deal to finish a hundred miler. Oh, yeah. And that those are my two favorite things that Cody's put in place. I like that idea. My first ultra was a 50 K in Colorado. It was a four loop course. And when I finished, they were tearing the tent down and I only had like pizza crust left because I finished so la- near the very, very last it was anticlimactic. Well, we did this year home. at the very end. I, <laughs> I, we have to apologize. There was a total microburst that came in oh, that's and right. just like almost blew us away. You can ask Jim. Um, Jim Skaggs was there and like we had to just fly to tear everything down because yeah. it got crazy. Yeah, we had volunteers holding down the, the tent as it was picky, being lifted up off the ground and blown away. So people are just hanging, hanging on. Hold, holding on to it, using well, their body weight. And you, and you kind of mentioned that. That's one of the questions, because one of the things the bear is notorious for is weather, right? I mean, it is kind of a interesting time in Utah. You know, the end of September, you never know what's going to happen. We mentioned earlier the year, the snow, you know, the snow bear, where it's an out and back, where there's been years of like, you take four steps forward and eight steps back on the mud. Um, it's a wild card, but this year's weather was the best I remember it ever on the high temps weren't high and the cool temps weren't cool. It was just like this sweet zone. Knock on wood, we want that every year <laughs> know, somehow. Right? <laughs> it turns out that we about at one in every 10 years is pretty rough weather-wise. If that storm lands on the, the wrong weekend, uh, it's it's a problem. Yeah. And it's a challenge to try to, you can't schedule around that, of course. Yeah. And so you just take what you can get. Thankfully, runners are pretty durable and can just make do with, with whatever, and, and you dress accordingly, depending on the weather. And we've had, oh, sorry, we've had a pretty good run though since 2019. I think that was the last year that it was real bad, right? So we're probably due. Oh, you know, God just, just be, said that. Yeah, just yeah. be knock on wood. <laughs> there goes the aware. registration drop. <laughs> now it's going to fill up in three and a half days and yeah. two and a half days. But I mean, it is. But those weather ones, as a as a runner, sometimes they make memories. And I said I didn't say good or bad. I said memories because they could go either way. But sometimes, I mean, the lore lives on a little bit longer with those weather ones like oh i ran i ran the bear in 20 rain and you don't even know how hard it was yeah, that year yeah. the yeah. hardest yeah we didn't have french fries <laughs> <laughs> no markings no food and it was muddy yeah so what are what are, would you consider you both consider some of the biggest challenges as a, as a hundred mile race director of this event what are some of the challenges i mean we probably could say weather because you can't predict it but what weather's are tricky yeah we talked about medical a little bit that's a challenge just making sure that people are safe out there uh really it's just a giant moving party and a lot of races have the luxury of you know a loop course or you get to repeat aid stations we have uh 12 aid stations that are scattered throughout counting the finish and you just they're they're hard to get to uh it's it's impressive the amount of work that just the aid stations have to do to be ready for the runners and i don't think they get enough credit for that yeah, I, w- I would agree. Um, you know, just thinking about some of our aid stations this year, um, the work that they had to do, and then, you know, still fell short in, in a few small areas. And, you know, I, I think that this rolls into my thought is I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. I'm in sales. I like to tell people what they want to hear. Um, Cody's much better at telling people no. Uh, but I think trying to keep everybody happy is one of the hardest things because you're never going to keep everybody happy no matter how good the race goes no matter how incredible i mean one of our best aid stations this year we had a a couple people complain about it and it's like well we know that was the best aid station you know and so people are never always always they're not always going to be happy but we i just want them to know how hard we try to make them all happy and to make it a great experience because we do everything we can that's all we care about is is we want the runners to have the best experience. I agree. Well, I think so much has changed. I mean, you know, that's this could be like seven episode show when you talk about how much has changed in trail and ultra running. But you know, ten, fifteen years ago, if there was an aid station, 
with anything warm, you were like in heaven, right? And and now we're in a place where there's French fries, and now you've got these two hundreds with full menus with like legit food. And I think sometimes people's expectations, and that's why I, I like you know Preston said it earlier, and I talk about this a lot on the show is like kind of that old school, you know, like an El Vaquero still that way. And there's still some out there. Jim's races on the island. There's still some like that. It's just kind of like this is what you get, right? Like we'll take care of you, and you get this, but you know, we're in a place now where everybody just wants everything. It's like, oh, you have this hydration at your age station? I want this kind. And you're like, well, bring it and you can have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like the expectation of brands and flavors and everything else. I can only imagine you hear some of that stuff and it, it, it blows my mind. So let's talk about the Rocky Mountain Slam. Yeah, we uh, we love to host the Rocky Mountain Slam every year as the bear is the host and the anchor race for that series. Uh, you need to run four races uh, out of a list of now eight choices. The only mandatory one is the bear at the end of it as uh, we provide the award. But uh, the way we've set it up now is that there's two races in June, two in July, two in August, and two in September to choose from. So if you... Uh, line it up right, you can have uh, one a month. And what uh, we love about the Rocky Mountain Slam, it really is uh, the prettiest, uh, most rugged mountain races in the West. And uh, you get to experience it, uh, kind of choosing your own adventure along the way. So when you say races, these are 100 milers, folks. These aren't just races. And the Rocky Mountain Slam has been around originally for a very long time and there was five races or six originally uh originally it was four and then quickly moved to five yep. and and then six uh and then we just recently expanded it to to eight do you know the eight off the top of your head yeah uh we can do scout mountain 100 in okay. june uh bighorn 100 in june july we have uh hard rock and your ray as the two options in july okay. in august we have leadville and Wyoming Range, Ooh. 100. And then in September, you have Wasatch and the Bear. Nice. Those yeah. are some pretty, I mean, I, I don't know as much about, say, like Wyoming Range because it's fairly new. It's a fairly new race. Yeah. It's That's rugged. And you it, won it that one It kind of fits. Right? Uh, no, I haven't run one. that. It was, it was a oh, similar course. It was adjacent. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, it's it's a great race where, you know, it's it's up and coming on a, a beautiful course uh, that's kind of showing off uh, a different part of the world that we love to, to showcase. Nice. Yeah, and just wanted to emphasize a few things. Um, so those original four, um, the idea behind it was a Phil Lowry and, and a Leland idea yeah. to try to draw more interest to the bear. Um, they thought, hey, these other races are kind of full. Let's let's help showcase this to get more people in our race and to get more attention to it. So it was Hard Rock, it was Leadville, Wasatch, and the Bear. Those were the original four, and then Bighorn was was added on quickly, and then you know so on and so forth. But the reason we've come to the modern version is because it's just so dang hard to get into some of those other races. Yeah. <clears throat> um, luckily for ours, we can still just sign up for the Bear. Um, we want to try to keep that as long as possible. Uh, but like Hard Rock, I mean, Cody has 256 tickets in the lottery this year. He's been putting in for 11 years. Bryce Warren, you know, yeah. has 512. Um, you know, like it's hard to get in to Hard Rock. And so we wanted to make it more accessible. Now, this is back-to-back podcasts where you're going to have a, a Carl Meltzer reference. Uh-oh. But when we brought this up, Carl was like, well, that's not as hard as what I did. Well, and that's not what we're saying, Carl. Yeah. Um, we're just trying to make it more accessible. Nobody's going to argue that Bighorn is is harder than Hard Rock. Nobody's going to argue that the Bear is harder than Hard Rock. The The original slam is about as tough as it yeah. gets. It really is. But we just want to make it more accessible to people. And when we, we originally had thought about maybe canceling it, there was enough um, enough people that were interested that Cody came up with a way to kind of keep it going and make it more accessible. That, when I first started trail running, and this was a long, long time ago, that was on my bucket. That was my bucket list. That was the creme de la creme. It wasn't Western. It wasn't Hard Rock. It was a Rocky Mountain Slam because I remember a few people at the time I knew that did it uh, when it was four, and then it was exp- when it got expanded to five. I thought, oh, now is my chance. I've, I get one. <laughs> one. Get a, I get an mean, off I get day. A buy. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course, I've never done it, but um, that was the one to me that had the most because you've got the Grand Slam. 
right? That doesn't appeal to me nearly as much as the Rocky Mountain Slam. If you're a mountain runner, the Rocky Mountain Slam is is your jam. Yeah, because like Jim Skaggs, talking to him, like he did the Grand Slam, and I know a few people. But yeah, the Rocky Mountain Slam, I'm not getting younger. I I would say it's still on my bucket list because I haven't done it, so it's got to stay there. But I would love to be able to do that someday. But I just, when I saw that come out, I got excited. I'm like, sweet. And I'm like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> it ain't happening soon, yep. you know. And and there are so many races out there that are uh, worthy of being in this sure. Rocky Mountain Slam. I mean, we've thought about making it a, a huge list of races because yeah. I get requests all the time like to add to it. But we're really trying to keep it fairly small. Yeah. Uh, that's why we like the two races a month uh, option that give you some some different scenarios if you don't get into the lottery that you want uh you have some other options you can choose from yeah and like you said the, the courses um i haven't been wyoming range not as familiar with that one for sure but all the other ones i'm at least familiar with and man that's just i mean it'd be cool to just do all of them right at some point because they're just that cool of a race right but i don't like running in july so that makes it hard for me july <laughs> well, in the san hot. juans it's not supposed to be hot but this year was hotter than western right yeah but I hard get, rock was hotter than it, western it was states. hot but how do you get into that thing that's the tape that's the deal well you have your as an option <laughs> yeah which you can sign up for and and just show up and do yeah. and i many would argue is harder than hard rock yeah i think there's when you look at it stat wise for sure you know there's a lot of a lot of things there anyway i was super excited to see just a little love to the Rocky Mountain Slam because it was, to me, one of the, the og things in trail and ultra running. I mean, it was it was awesome. So Yeah, we had uh, three people attempt it this year and two finished. Nice. Uh, unfortunately, Jeff Browning got uh, oh, injured at the Bear this year. Of, right. of all the people to <laughs> not finish the Bear or the Rocky Mountain Slam, I would have put a lot of money that it wouldn't have been Jeff. Yeah, no, I agree with uh, that one. It was, it was heartbreaking to hear about his injury and was, was forced to drop. So, so what are the, some of the, you know, more memorable in just say just a short two years you've been doing this. Cause you've been a part of it when we learned, but since you've taken over, what have been some of the most memorable things that you, you think about? That's a great question. There's a lot of, fond memories. Uh, I love seeing first time 100 milers get to the finish line and after watching them struggle all day to get to the finish line, their family and friends around them crewing them, I get the privilege of kind of following along the course during the day and and I get to watch a lot of this unfold. But being at the finish line to shake everyone's hand and see friends or spouses of friends who finished it for the first time uh, is, is really uh, heartwarming. It uh, brought me to tears a couple times as uh, those those spouses of friends get to the finish line after supporting their husband or or wife for many years, and they kind of flip the the script, and the other spouse gets to go try it, their hand at it, and it's really fun to watch. My favorite thing about it all is just being on the course on race day. Uh, that's something that we make a point of doing is just being out there for the runners as much as possible because it's incredible to watch the volunteers. It's incredible to watch the runners and crew and just to to be a part of it. And I just love taking in the community that is uh, ultra running in general. 100-mile mountain running is uh, even more niche than that. And then just our Bear 100 family. I mean, it it really it's a great group of people and I just love seeing everybody. I mean, it's like a big family reunion. I know everybody says that or whatever, but I mean, there's just so many people that I, I look forward to seeing out there every year. I also love that my family's a part of it. Uh, my wife does a lot of things behind the scenes. She's not a, um, she's a very private person. And, uh, so she doesn't want any praise or public praise. She'll get mad at me for saying this probably, (laughs) but, uh, she's awesome. And she's out there. She's, she's working just as hard as I am throughout the year, supporting us. My kids help as well. They love being a part of the bear and watching the success of others. It's really neat. That's awesome. Shout out to Beth for, I mean, this is a huge plug. I'm just going to say this. I don't know of another hundred miler that provides free photos to all the runners, professional photos. Beth is an incredible photographer and she pours her heart into taking great pictures of every runner and they're, they're free. It's part of what we offer. And it, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I paid for her pictures and these are high quality. I mean, she's incredible. The support she gives the race and just that, that, that alone is worth who knows 
yeah. what, uh, what yeah. amount of time. I don't know. Effort. The hours she spends on it, it's, yeah. it's incredible. She's also the, a nurse. And so the finish line, she's running around trying to take care of people, but then sprinting back to the finish line to try to capture another oh. moment for somebody else. So she misses some runners here and there. And it's, it's sad when somebody finishes that she doesn't get a good shot of, but it's, it's pretty impressive. All the many hats that she wears. Well, and that's one of the reasons, like, you know, you think about it sometimes, like, you know, being on a podcast or, you know, doing different things. It's like, oh, help promote the race, right? Like, let's help them. But, I mean, obviously, it sells out. It's not a big deal. And so the biggest reason, like, having you on is the bear is always, so my favorite animal in the world, my spirit animal is a bear. This is why this race has eluded me and makes me crazy. Um, but it's one that um, has always been special to me for not even running, for completing it, right? Like I said, I'm 0 for 1, right? Um, but it's just that whole community piece, right? Like I think we're, you know, we talk about in a sport that has a lot of change going on in a lot of different ways, and it's been blown up even more the last couple months for a topic we're not talking about. Uh, but this is what this is why I wanted to come back with a podcast or stuff like this, the, the good stuff that goes on. And if you haven't run the bear, you're not familiar with the bear, that's the other reason we want to come on. If you're listening from somewhere else, it's definitely something you have to have. Um, to me, this is my podcast. I can say what I want. Um, but it, to me, it's the the best 100-miler in the state. Like, And we have a lot. <laughs> We've got quite a few in Utah now. But to me, it's um, – but it captures a lot that I like too. You know, like the, the, the what do you What do you like about it? Yeah. I think it's – I think it's – Obviously, you know, being in Utah, and I'm, that's why I'm saying Utah because it's close. But um, if you can get me anywhere in the mountains with quakies and streams and lakes, that's number one for me. Absolutely, for sure. Um, but again, this was one of the first hundreds I was exposed to. My first was Wasatch I was exposed to. Um, I was exposed to Hard Rock early on, um, Leadville early on um, for a friend I followed around, and then uh, the bear, and I was blown away that you could – be away from everything, but be so close to civilization, right? Like when you're out there, um, you just don't feel like, you just kind of feel like you, it's just you, right? And, and it's just, it's gorgeous. It is the absolute most stunning, some of the most stunning train I've ever been in, to be honest with you. But again, it, it comes back to that um, old school, a little bit of lore, maybe because I hear about, heard about it more than you know, some people for sure. Um, but yeah, to me, it's, it's the, the best hundred mile and I don't get some flack for this and that's fine. Um, I'm getting thicker skin, but yeah, it's the best hundred mile in the state. Well, we agree with you. Yeah. So, (laughs) and I don't have to agree. I got no royalties coming in, baby. It's just, you got a hat, you know, it's super funny. Like Preston's got the old shirt on, um, you know, with the, the maple, the quakey leaf and the the bear paw. I've got it tattooed on my shoulder. It's not the exact one, but my daughter, her name is Aspen, and the bear animal is. I just, I'm in fact, I have all the bear books you can imagine, and so it's like Mary's the two of my favorite yeah. things. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's um, that's easy to see. So we got your most memorable, and I know this is hard, but I do ask the question: like, what are some of the crazier stories? Oh, I've got... And you don't have to go in, because I know there's people that make these stories crazy, maybe. But, oh. like, I'll get emails from other race directors, like, dude, check this out, what I got, and things like I mean, that. But what are some so of the I, strange I'm going to do two quick ones. Um, so, one is that I was running in 2020, and I'm running into Lethem Hollow. And all of a sudden, I just... He, I, we're chatting along, and two of my buddies are there, John Love and Brian Robbins. And then there's this gal, uh, Rebecca Rich. And all of a sudden, I just hear her let out the one swear word that Eric said we couldn't say on the podcast. And she had fallen into a tree branch, and she had gashed her shoulder open, and she ran into Lethem. She got stitches, and she ran out of there and passed me on the road, and she took second place. She was second female. <laughs> like, it was incredible. Like, but she had stitches. Like, she got stitches at the aid station and ran out of there. Like, it was pretty gnarly, like, stuff poking out of her shoulder. Um, and then uh, the unfortunate crazy story is from year one, um, our, our lead male was on course record pace, Jay Krong. He missed a turn out of Beaver Creek. And all of a sudden I'm getting a call from Seth Waddups and he's like, you got to find Ben and Jake. Cause, cause our buddy Ben Jensen was pacing Jake. And I was like, well, what do you mean? They, he's got to be getting close to being here. And he's like, no, they, they're lost. They're somewhere. And, and so we finally pieced it together and they had made it to fish Haven Canyon <laughs> the wrong way. And so I drove my car up and I, I came across Jake and Ben and a side by side, um, coming down the road, somebody had picked them up as hitchhikers in the middle of the night in the woods. And 
gave him a ride back. So Ooh, those are always two scary. that I always think of. Banjo music time. Yeah, yeah that scares me. <laughs> that, that was heartbreaking. I was at the last aid station waiting for him to show up as we're talking to the aid station people and just having a good time. And it was taking longer and longer and longer. And I finally grabbed a, a couple of rolls of tape, you know, marking material and took off backwards on the course. I'm like, maybe they're lost. And so I went backwards kind of marking as I go just to, to, just to add more marks uh, along the way. And Never saw him because he ended up going down in a different way, and uh, it's a shame. That is pretty. That's sad. It was sad. Yeah, he came back this year, ran a great race, finished second. You know, I don't know that he had seventeen fifteen in his legs, but not, he ran. Not many people no, probably he, do. I mean, he still ran incredibly fast, and I mean, it was he had a great day. He got I his mean, redemption. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got seventeen fifteen in my legs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, uh, for, like for sure, six miles sixty five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not for a whole hundred. Yeah. So. Um, what about this year, 2024, Bear? Anything you can talk about that'd be like new, different changes, anything else? Or are you just kind of like just kind of tweaking? Yeah, I'm trying to keep it as much the same as possible. We love our new finish line. That was a big change this last year uh, as we were just kind of tweaking a little bit of the mileage along the way. We were able to swap out a section of, of dirt road and make it single track oh. that was parallel to the road this last year. That was a huge change. Bless was, you. I love that. Bless you. I love doing that. <laughs> so I'm always looking for little, I call those little tweaks along the way and adjustments. Uh, just trying to fine tune things. The bear has such a legacy. We don't want to change that. We don't want to ruin that. And so there won't be, you know, significant changes if we can help it. Yeah. I mean... That's, I don't really have anything to add. We're just trying to tweak it. I guess one thing to emphasize is um, we're not trying to make money off this race. And part of my paycheck uh, every year goes to uh, prize money. We offer a $1,000 bonus for any course record, men's or women's field. And then we have prize money for first, second, and third place as well. Is it 500, 300, and 100? Five, three, and two. Five, three, and two. For both men and uh, women. So not a lot of people offer prize money. We know it's not a ton of money. But it's just a little extra incentive, and we hope to grow that. And, I mean, we had the most competitive, uh, one of the most competitive fields we've ever had this year. Um, we had a lot of fast runners, so that was fun. Um, yeah, I got to start training harder. I didn't realize there was money. There's involved. money. There's involved. money. I do yeah. some weird things for money, Here. man. I will probably <laughs> have to run harder. Bucks. And I'm registering on on the first, by the way. That's my, my promise to myself. I'm not getting any younger. So now on, on a side note, since you're both – I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. Not bad. And you don't have to even say because, you know, I don't hold any, you know, I'm not strong. What are your running plans this year, each of you? Do you have plans for 2024 that well, you want to do? Well, Cody already sent me a spreadsheet of options A, B, and C. I love it. So me and Cody are going to give a lot of great. I'm a spreadsheet. I'm a spreadsheet. Everybody that knows me knows how much I love. I got my race spreadsheet. I've got my race spreadsheet with all the races. Then I've got plan A. Then I got Plan B. This and is then, exactly what Cody said. And then me. the next one I have is the travel one. So yeah. once if the if we yeah. get registered, uh -huh. then I start documenting yep. the travel. Yep. That's that's how I roll. I've got five options. It's oh. not just A, B, and C. It's one through five. Nice. Yeah. What are what are some I, hopefuls or what do you what? I'll start with Preston. What what are you doing in twenty twenty four? So I <clears throat> I'd really like to get into Western again. Yeah. I've got sixteen tickets, which isn't a ton, but it's enough to give me some hope. Um, I put in for hard rock again. I don't think I have hardly any chance at all. So I'm not really worried about that. Um, other than that, I'd like to run maybe a hundred K again. That's a Western States qualifier. Cause I don't need a hard rock qualifier this year because I finished big horn last year. So likely going to, you know, run maybe like the canyons hundred K. Okay. Um, you know that I just love being out in that area. It's one of my favorite places to run. And then if not that, you know, maybe Snowy Peaks 50, something like that. But I've got to get a Western qualifier. And then I'm really kind of eyeing the Kodiak 100. Okay. 100-miler uh, in, yeah. in October in Big Bear, California. Yep. Um, Seth just gave it excellent reviews um, after running it this year. He said it was kind of my style. So those are kind of what I'm looking at. I'm not married to anything except I've got to get a Western qualifier um, if I don't get in. Well, speak of Kodiak, just for the listeners, there may or may not be someone he just named coming on the show here pretty soon to talk about the Kodiak 100 if oh, you want more info. You mean so. the guy with maybe the best hair in Ogden? It's 
second best. Second best. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying who has the best. Okay? <laughs> and you're not looking at him right now. <laughs> what about you, Cody? Uh, for me, I'm hoping for Hard Rock. Yeah. Yeah. 256 tickets. I've been due for a while. I I feel like. So. So and I, and Preston knows this. Coming on the show. It increases your chances. Is that is that the secret? It really has happened. We've had Trevor's chances, Preston's. We've had a handful of people that were it's like, good "Hey, juju. yeah, it yeah. is good." So we're both getting in. Not to hard Yeah, it can only be one of you. So sorry, Preston. <laughs> for Cody, Cody, there's already got the good vibes. I've been out pacing at Hard Rock, uh, something like seven times, and I just love it out there. Yeah, I actually went out there one year and got sick right up before right before the race. How sick did you get, Cody? I actually ended up in the hospital the morning of the race. Instead of pacing, we quickly rushed to uh, Durango. No, the other direction, Ridgeway. Okay, oh, that yeah. way. What, yeah. The I forgot the name of the city there, but uh, brutal. My uh, my spleen was leaking and about to rupture. Is what I was told. The doctor, like, I went to the finish line and talked to the the race medical team that were all prepping this was like seven in the morning just after the race had started i'm like i think something's wrong with me and they pushed on where my spleen by my rib cage and they had a whole like hey everybody come here and check this out you'll never see this again and i'm screaming because it hurts so bad and they're like do not eat or drink anything and drive immediately to the er and so I i spent that hard rock in the hospital bed and drove home on Sunday after not doing anything. So I'll give you warm fuzzies here that, and that. Yeah. Don't that eat a drink, a, eat at the hospital. Okay. That was the worst hard rock experience. I like to have a better, better one, one than that. So since you get into hard rock, but just for funsies, you don't. What's was it what are your next plans? What other ideas you got? Uh, I've been eyeballing Cascade Crest. Oh, my wife's uh, my wife. I've wants I've that heard one. that's amazing. I love the pine trees. Uh, it's just it's a gorgeous area. Yeah. Love to go out there. Uh, we've also been eyeballing some international stuff nice. here and there. I'm uh, not sure if we'll be able to do that, but uh, maybe we can get out and have some fun. That'd be awesome. Yeah, my wife wants to get into Cascade. That's her A race this year and the bear. She's doing the bear again. So she's got her pacers lined up for the bear next year already. All right. And she got I'm lined not up. One of them. Yeah. She, I mean, they jumped at it. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm going to do, do it. So she asked me, she goes, So you have pacers lined up? I'm like, no. Like, I, I just hope I can pay and get in even though it's not a lottery you know so yeah pretty fun year next year well i hope you get into hard rock that'd be awesome yeah i'm hoping for the best yeah that would be awesome there's some people sentimentally that i've really like i really want these individuals to get into hard rock i mean it's some of these are we were going to at one point have our own hard rock lottery just I was going to host one yeah. like the day before, okay. do the same legit, all the names, just to see a different outcome. Uh-huh. That's a lot of work, though. <laughs> I started looking into it, like ticket numbers and names. You're like, how like, fun would that be, though, the day before, do a, like a a mock lottery? Like a fantasy football yeah. mock lottery, but do one a hard rock. But then if fun. you get in on the fake one but not on the real one, that's yeah. just like, um, it, no. I, th- I think it would be fun. Yeah. But for sure this year, Cody and, and Bryce Warren, they've got to get in. Right? Awesome. Bryce has 512 tickets. And it's on... January, it's on Saturday. July, what's oh. the, is this 13? The race date? Yeah. yeah, right in the middle of July. Yeah, yeah I want to go out there this year. I think I'm uh, going to, me and my wife, I'm going to talk into going out on a long weekend and maybe not that weekend. Yeah. Just yeah. going like the weekend after the race or You could talk weeks. her into it as a good weekend before Cascade crash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the other one. Yeah. If she doesn't yeah. get into Cascade, uh-huh. the plan is to do like a, a runcation. Like that a weekend. soft rock. Yeah. Yeah, because we've done that before. That was fun, but she hadn't hasn't run out there yet, and I love it out there too. I just, I just won't get into her. You know, I'm not even worried about it. So, one of the other underrated races is the Scout Mountain yes. series. Any of yeah. those races are great, and I've been out there a couple times and have done those. Those are great buildups for it in yeah. June, and it just, it's a it's a surprisingly pretty area of the world you think pocatello you're like eh, pocatello but really the mountains outside of pocatello are, are neat and it's uh luke puts on a great event and so i'd, I'd recommend that yeah i ran that when it first came out pocatello 50 with uh when it was J- still jared's race. yeah yeah and uh ran that one a couple times i've run it up there since luke's taken over first class all the way great start finish the whole thing same kind of cool vibe that they do um that is definitely a fun one um 
I got caught in a blizzard one year when they the year they canceled the race. I was there that year too. Yeah, I had a short sleeve shirt on and a visor on top Prepared. of a mountain. That that was lost. a mess. That was yeah. nasty. No amount of clothing could keep you warm on that yeah. day. I it was, was hiding crazy. behind sagebrush because it hurt so bad from the <laughs> side. And I remember like that was the that was the second tied for the first scariest moment ever trail running for me for sure really yeah it was that scary i was just in a race just total huh not just in a race scary like total like and the first Uh year zion 100 came out i ran that and i was on top of the mesa and there was no flagging oh Mm. and so me and a group of four people were lost for three and a half hours oh that's wild i was so happy with to hear that it had canceled during the race because they were hiking up the back of the course to tell us and because I was going to drop. I'm like, there's no way I'm going up and over Scout Mountain in this blizzard. Oh, yeah. It is too dangerous. Yeah, that was crazy. But it is great. You're right. It is put on so first class. Great weather. Race. Weather's yeah. tricky. <laughs> weather you can't control, folks. <laughs> like, we keep getting back of it. Especially in the, in the ranges around here. So, well, hey, thank you both so much for coming on. I know it takes time to do that. But as we relaunch, just have some fun guests and... The bear's always been near and dear to my heart, so it's fun to get you both on here, hear a little bit of the stories, some of the history, and again, just what makes it a first-class event. I think there's just, I mean, could have just so many episodes of what makes it what it is, you know, behind the scenes, volunteers, you know, people involved. Uh, But, yeah, it's always great um, when you have people like that involved, too, to make it just a little bit more special. But thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for keeping it the way it is and, and bringing so much to the trail community in general. Um, if you don't know, you know, I mean, you know, might know Preston, he's been on before, but if you don't know Cody, super nice guy. Um, again, we have good humans on the podcast, not just runners. So that's what makes it even more special. So thank you both again, uh, for coming on. Um, any closing thoughts? Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. I, I come, I came down just to run with Preston and run on some Ogden trails. I love it down here. So it's great. Pretty special place for sure. During the winter, Cody makes the trek often. They have sunlight here. It's crazy. <laughs> the, the frozen tundra up north, we don't have the sun. sunlight. Yep. Well, if Turtle Miller, when he listens, he just says, suck it, northern Utah, I think. But I was down in his He's neck right. of the woods a couple of weeks ago, and it was pretty decent. So I'll give him that. So, um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Wish you both the best of luck, especially in the lotteries coming up. And, of course, uh, looking forward to the bear in September. Thanks. All right. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. I'd like to thank Cody Draper and Preston Wood for joining us today. I also want to encourage everyone to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by the website at trailmanners.com. There you can click on the donate button or check out our store page for some cool Trail Manners gear. Both donations and purchases sure help the show. You can always hit us up on the contact page or email me at manners at trailmanners.com and let me know what you'd like to see, who you'd like to hear, or even if you would like to be on the show. Also, don't forget to share us with your friends. And if you could take just a minute to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating review on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate that. And don't worry, all these links are in our show notes. Until next time, this is Eric Manning still reminding you, you don't get what you wish for. You get what you work for. Now go get it.